Dear friends, uh, it gives me great pleasure in welcoming our guest, uh, Ramnath Venkatraman, on this CXO Today show. Uh, Ramnath is an Accenture veteran, uh, 26 years with the company. He joined uh, Accenture in 1995 and became a managing director in 2005. He now heads uh, Accenture's integrated global services and is responsible for technology sales and the company's advanced uh, technology centers around the world. He's also a member of Accenture's Global Management Committee, one of the few Indians to do so. Uh, Ramnath is based in Greater New York area, so I must thank you, Ramnath, for taking time out for this chat at such an early hour. Uh, hope all is well with you and your dear ones. All well, Leslie. Likewise, hope everything is okay at your end. Uh, it's not that early. Uh, I'm used to starting my day a lot earlier, so 8 a.m. is actually a very good time, so uh, I'm <laughs> delighted that we could speak at this time. Lovely. Uh, so today, uh, I mean, obviously, since you lead the uh, technology innovation centers, and as, as you said, the advanced technology centers, uh, obviously, our uh, viewers would uh, expect a lot of talk around technology. Uh, and that's exactly what I'm going to do. Um, so uh, here we have the pandemic out here. We are in kind of uh, unprecedented times. Uh, we thought it would end in a year or so. And uh, I mean, unfortunately, it has uh, dragged on. And if I remember last year uh, uh, in 2019, you had uh, Accenture had come out with a report where you spoke about companies that had systems resilience. And now you are talking. Uh, then you spoke about the now and the next. Now you have come out with make the leap, you know, take the lead. So so many reports out here. Uh, I think the focus clearly is all on about uh, technology uh, innovation, about uh, leaders and laggards, and we are going to hear a lot more from you uh, on that. So uh, without much uh, uh, ado, uh, let me ask you a very straightforward question to begin with. Uh, how are companies scaling uh, technology innovation uh, during this uh, pandemic? You know, um, Leslie, you, you spoke about uh, three distinct components of uh, research and, and how we are helping our clients um, in, in the current context. Maybe that's a good way to start. Uh, we did an initial round of our research in 2019, which spoke about what are really the big priority elements of our clients. And, and that research was really a mix of equal respondents between C-suite business executives and C-suite technology executives. And, and the intent of that discussion, the research was to find out what is what is really driving the adoption and embracing of technology. How quickly are, are organizations uh, adopting the latest and greatest as far as technology is concerned? That was one part. Second was to look at, is that just a proof of concept? Is that really a minimum viable product? People are just uh, experimenting with AI uh, and, and IoT, or are they making it really a, uh, how, how, how is the depth of adoption of technology? And third is, is that a part of the organizational DNA and culture? And, and really, is it pervasive? And that was the research that we did. Um, and that was in 2019. And it gave us some very interesting findings on uh, what C-suite business executives thought was important for them. Uh, and then we correlated what they gave as responses to business performance. And there's a very, very interesting correlation. People who gave the responses that put them in the top 10% of respondents had very, very strong business performance associated with adoption, adopting technology. So what do I mean by that? So we call the top 10% as leaders, 
and the bottom 25% of the respondents as laggards, the, the terms that you refer to. And we said, okay, is there a, they are saying they are the leaders and laggards, is there a correlation with business performance? And that was a very strong correlation. Leaders uh, who are really embracing technology at the heart of their business were growing at 2x, not, not by a small amount, but 2x, uh, the, the rate of laggards, which is the bottom 25%. And then the pandemic hit and hit in a big way and, and life changed as, as we knew. Uh, and that's when we said, okay, let's uh, let's also, there is a here and now response that we need to give, which is the now and next that you're talking about. I'm very impressed that you've been through that uh, uh, document. That was really an immediate response to saying, what is the resilience of your business to really navigate through this pandemic and come out in a, in a successful manner? That is more focused around uh, what do you need to do now and what do you need to do next, which is more focused around immediate term, short term, and longer term actions. Um, and then fast forward to 2020, we wanted to do uh, exactly what you said. What's been the impact of the pandemic on really the business performance? And we did this research pre-pandemic. Let's do another repeat of that research and see what the implications were. The earlier sample size was about 8,300 uh, C-suite executives. This sample was, we wanted to do it in an accelerated manner. It's about 4,300 executives. But uh, the spread was the same. It was all industries spread across the globe, different sizes of organizations, giving us a very, very good flavor of what's the impact of technology. So we went and asked the same set of questions to see what did the pandemic do to them and what was the implication. Uh, the, the implication was... Uh, Really, it surprised me in two, two distinct ways. One is, uh, I knew technology will continue to be a significant uh, driver for business performance, but the gap between the same leaders and laggards, the categories that I explained, increased from 2x to 5x. So people who were leaders were outperforming laggards by 5x. So that is one big performance. So the pandemic actually accentuated the fact that technology being at the heart of your business means it's going to lead to quantum improvement in performance. The it's second one I, was... Uh, before that, I'd just like to interject over here. Were these the same leaders who had sort of kind of mastered the system's resilience part of it? So the, the uh, if you... Um, the individuals, some of them could be common, but the survey was spread across the same set of companies. So you got responses which were similar in nature across industries. So what do I mean by that? So we would send to a set of companies in retail industry. We would send it to a set of companies in consumer goods. We would send it to a bunch of companies in utilities. We picked the same set of samples, but a smaller set, and we sent this out, and the respondents gave back. So, yes, the, the, the broader research covered the depth of all these industries, and similar like-for-like -like comparison is what uh, we did. Did I, did I answer your question? Is that, is that what yeah, you asked? And I'd also like you, uh, for the sake of our readers, just to explain what you meant by, you know, what Accenture means by systems resilience, just to recapitulate that. I, I will, I will uh, come to uh, systems resilience. But before I go there, I want to give you the second surprising um, finding that came from the second research. Right? The first one was the gap widened. And the second one was, um, is it winner takes all? If you are, if you are a leader, does it mean that others can't catch up. And there's a very nice breakaway group 
that emerged from the rest of the organizations, which was almost 20%, 18% of the organizations, which actually had a breakaway performance, which means that they were making the right investments. They did a significant shift in mindset. And they said, how do I leverage the power of technology to drive business growth? And those actions led them to really moving at 4x, which means that their revenue performance was 4x the laggards, which means they are starting to catch up with the leaders and creating a breakaway group. So it's not winner takes all. If you make the right set of strategic decisions, you can get to a very, very quantum improvement in your performance. Um, your, your question, what do we mean by systems resilience? Uh, at the end of the day, systems are designed to support business. And what happened during the pandemic? Uh, some, some industries, the volume of uh, impact on systems went up dramatically, manifold, uh, where uh, brick and mortar organizations suddenly realized that they have to scale up volumes dramatically to their online channel. Uh, even, even big box organizations like uh, Best Buy, they had to really change their, it was almost like uh, a Black Friday getting repeated every time. Right? Because that's how the volume scaled up dramatically to the online channel. So were you were the systems designed and resilient enough to be able to take care of that shift in volumes? On the other hand, a big chunk of the hospitality industry saw then volumes just going down dramatically. So you've got an infrastructure which is set up for a volume which is very different from what you're actually getting. So is that resilient enough to be able to support the business and navigate through the pandemic, which was really a surprise, right? What happened to Accenture? Uh, we are we are over 500,000 employees globally and overnight, overnight we had to switch from uh, really a in, in uh, office environment to a remote environment. So can our systems take that load and be resilient? We are 95% on the cloud and that's a great example of saying what systems resilience means. We could flip over, we have now moved. Now, uh, doing this conversation on teams seems very normal, but even pre-pandemic, people were not doing these conversations on video. We were doing more in-person discussions. Right? So we had to shift our business overnight, and resiliencies of, of our systems really helped us drive that. So that's probably a good example of explaining what I mean by systems resilience. Uh, also, I've been picking up from uh, 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 threads from this conversation, um, I find it interesting, like when you're talking about the laggards, uh, uh, is it that the IT, ITES sectors, uh, I mean, that easily lend themselves to more technology adoption, uh, are they the kind of leaders within the leaders kind of, you know, or is it that uh, certain other sectors like the energy and utilities or oil and gas are sort of slightly slower, or is it that there are leaders across the sectors? What, Great, what question. Great question, Leslie. It's a there are leaders emerging across all the industry segments that we did the research on and there are laggards across all the industry segments. So it's not just the so-called digital natives that are reaping the benefits of technology. It's also traditional organizations which are banks, right? Uh, uh, Best Buy, I took about Best Buy as an example, uh, right. Home Depot. These are all uh, uh, the the traditional businesses in, in retail. And so they're all doing really well and they're all in the leaders category. There are a number of banks that have emerged. So every industry, there is a leader uh, who's, who's in the top 
and there is a laggard so what it tells us is if it's not if not differentiated by being a digital native even if you have a legacy business if you take the right strategic decisions at the right point in time and execute it uh, in the right way which is one of the things that we put in the report uh, you can get quantum results as far as your business is concerned so it's spread across the industry and it's spread geographically too so it's not just in specific geographies it's not just north america or europe but it's spread across the globe because research was conducted across the globe any particular thing that uh, any light that you can throw on the indian kind of companies in that survey group so we we india was part of the survey group uh, but we did not do a nuance differentiation of saying the sample size for india because that degree of correlation would Correct. not be right because we are doing an anonymous research so uh, okay. the spread of companies was across the globe industries was across the globe india was part of the research fair enough uh, now uh, when i look at your uh, report you clearly have established uh, i mean in the 2021 this year's uh, report that the pandemic has uh, revealed how indispensable technology has become uh, to businesses so that they can be successful and as your own uh, report has shown that many companies have doubled down on their technology investments uh, you know uh, enabling them to survive uh, in these disruptive times but you have also pointed out that there is a, a minority that has taken a different, a different approach and they have compressed uh, digital uh, transformation uh, i want you to explain to our viewers what do you mean by uh, you know compress that uh, digital convert that found a very interesting kind of term uh, leslie this term actually came from our ceo our ceo is julie sweet and yes. uh, we were having this discussion and as we discussed this report she said one of the things that jumps out ramnath is uh, people who are winning are doing really compressed transformation and that really lit a eureka bulb in my uh, head and what does she mean by that what did she mean by that and what we discussed was uh, you know you can take a structured approach over a, what did transformation mean for us uh, traditionally you had to make a very large capital investment you had to have a structured programmatic effort and run it if you are a large organization it used to run into hundreds of millions of dollars and you actually did a capital expenditure on the back of that and you ran it programmatically now we run live in a very different world things are changing very very rapidly you need to have the ability to experiment adopt and scale very very quickly either it uh, succeeds and you light up and scale it or it doesn't work you push it aside and you move on and make sure that you have the ability to create that so the pandemic highlighted that what the point that i made about it's not winner takes all there is another category of uh, leapfroggers which is the yes, uh, emerging category how did they come about they they were not leaders before that uh, what they did was they embraced the compressed transformation which means they started experimenting very quickly and one of the beauties about the technology changes today is um cloud is, is is as an example it's it's not a it doesn't require you to make a major capital investment it's become a very very variableized construct where you can embrace cloud very very quickly which is why you see the adoption of cloud including having elements of security uh, coming in in a big way uh, leaders accelerated their investments in cloud by 70% in cloud security by 70% they accelerated their investments in ai by 70% so 
what it did was during the pandemic all these investments got accelerated and very quickly leaders continued to retain their advantage and another breakaway group said okay i need to look at what the leaders are doing and really embrace the power of technology and get that to be part of uh, driving my business growth There's some great examples in the in the report um, if uh, your your listeners and uh, your audience gets gets to take a look uh, the the santander is a is a bank um, who who's based in in predominantly locations which was hard hit by the pandemic what did they do they did a, they, there's a great example of compressed transformation where uh, they said we need to actively look at the different parts of federated business coming together and having a, a digital channel which consolidates all of these and brings it together so they actually proactively thought about that and invested uh, and work with uh, microsoft azure to create a platform that when the pandemic hit gave them a significant advantage even though they are based largely in spain and in latin america they were able to compress the transformation move volumes onto their digital channel and make a significant impact on their business so that's what we mean by compressed transformation the opportunity to do this now is greater than at any other time in the past and uh, as your report itself says and which we have spoken about a little earlier also that uh, and uh, you have reiterated it that uh, uh, the leaders succeeded because they doubled down their uh, investments in technology uh, like cloud Uh, AI and you have said other technologies. I assume that's blockchain, 3D printing, IoT, etc. Everything. Right? The, the blockchain, 3D. You 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 spoke about distributed ledger. Uh, uh, what did Singapore government do uh, when the pandemic hit? They created a digital health passport, and with the right degree of security. And how did they do it? The investments made. They leveraged distributed ledger to do it. So uh, now it's not about really. Uh, doing it as a proof of concept but scaling it which is what i meant our research said are you embracing the latest as far as technology is concerned and are you making it pervasive and not leaving it as a proof of concept so that that is really what has made the big impact is so what exactly are the laggards and the leapfroggers not doing that the leaders are doing for instance like is it some kind of relaxed reluctance is it that the cfos are not opening up their purse pockets because they do not understand or they do not see immediate roi in those technologies or is it that just it's a mindset issue what exactly is happening you know i would shift the question and i would say what did the leaders and leapfroggers do which others should embrace and yes. see um, uh, uh, you know first i think the very clearly technology is now not just the cio agenda it's now at the broader c suite table if you if you look at uh, some of the research report not by us but by external agencies you look at the impact of technologies now spread across ceo chro cfo coo so it's spread uh, through the entire breadth of the c suite so you need top down strategic intent and acknowledgement of the fact that technology is the heart of every business it's not just Uh, keep the lights on it's not saying that technology is a sustain engine technology is a growth engine if i don't adopt technology at the heart of my business i'm going to get heavily disrupted and you're seeing this in every industry right traditional pharma industry uh, was technology is at the heart uh, maybe not but look at what happened with uh, our our vaccine 
Moderna was able to come up with a with a uh, RNA vaccine very quickly by leveraging the power of technology. They did simulations and came up with uh, different permutation combinations and uh, ran algorithms that helped drive. So is is pharma is Moderna not leveraging technology at the heart of their business? Absolutely, they are. So it top down C-suite intent of making sure that it's part of the agenda is extremely clear. Now, the next part is how do you think about technology and executing it? Because it's uh, taking a very strong, hard look at where you are and where you want to be. Where you are is point A, where you want to be is point B. And the journey of getting there is 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 a, it sounds very simple, but it's something that needs to be done with the right intent. So a three-step approach is what uh, we found, what uh, leaders and leapfroggers are embracing. First is replatform, which means you're really consciously creating the right degree of connection between business and technology by replatforming yourself and leveraging the power of cloud. We expect that the, the journey to cloud will continue to accelerate and people who actually jump out of the bandwagon first and embrace the power of cloud are going to reap the benefit. Second is reframe. And what do I mean by reframe? Reframe is, I spoke about technology spend being spent more on keep the lights on versus really driving business growth. If you're spending $100 on technology and 70 of that goes towards really maintaining what you're doing uh, and 30 is going towards generating newer capabilities that can drive business growth, the wrong formula. You need to flip that. So reframe is changing the mindset to say, how do I consciously flip the spend towards driving business growth and introducing that agility. The third is reach. What do I mean by reach is really making it pervasive and put it into the breadth of the organization and not just in the technology side of the organization. So you need everybody in your organization to be a digital worker. Everybody embracing technology from uh, really the sales and marketing process through to manufacturing, through to uh, your support services. And everything needs to be embracing technology at the heart. So the reach is extremely critical. So replatform, reframe, and reach, the three R's. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> so uh, uh, also when you're speaking about uh, leaf floggers, you speak about a flipping towards innovation. Uh, the flip size that is. I, I would like you to explain that uh, to our readers. I'll I'll um, I'll go back to so what does replatform do? Replatform really changes the wiring of your house for you to be able to uh, adopt and embrace the latest uh, word of what's happened. So you do need to replatform. If you keep changing the bulb without uh, rewiring the house, it's not going to give you better results, right? So replatform re is extremely critical. But that alone is not sufficient, right? You also want to make sure that you're putting your dollar investments in the right area to drive business growth. So if I put the shiniest uh, new technology, but I'm spending a lot of that on the middle office and back office, which is really making my business run better without growing it. So the size of the pizza needs to change. And that size of the pizza as it changes uh, and it grows, that's the intent of technology. And you can see the power of some of those that have embraced technology at the heart of their business rather than keeping it as a lights on investment. That's what we mean by flip size. And that doesn't happen uh, without a conscious effort because it's especially with legacy organizations, you need a conscious strategy to say, 
here's what I'm spending on capital expenditure on technology. Here's what I'm spending on run expenditure, which is really operating expenses on technology. How do I consciously think about what is driving growth? What is sustaining my existing engine? You do need to sustain your existing engine. Make, make no mistake, I'm not belittling that fact. But if it's if it's a if you're making investments in a and if you think of your business as a moving train, how do you continue to add more wagons as the train continues to accelerate? Should be the mindset rather than thinking about how do I make my in train run? Today it's running at 50 miles an hour. How do I make sure that it continues to run at 50 miles an hour? That's a mindset shift in saying that if I'm saying it needs to run at 50 miles an hour and I'm putting all my investments in making sure that it runs at 50 miles an hour, you're keeping the lights on. If you're saying, I want to, I want it to accelerate to 70 miles an hour, it carries the load of 12 wagons today. I want to add two more wagons. That's growth mindset. So that shift needs to consciously occur between um, what you're doing as far as capital expenses is concerned and revenue expenses is concerned. So that, that mindset is a big shift. Yeah, you can, you can, it's very easy to adopt technology. It's very difficult to make the mindset shift. But also when adopting technology, I think one of the, uh, confu one confusion that, you know, I, I currently see in most uh, uh, CXOs, basically, because today I think in every purchase decision, it's also this CDO, it's the CHR, as you said, so many uh, uh, stakeholders are there in that particular buying decision. It's not just the prerogative of the CFO. So the technology treadmill is moving at a faster clip than it was, say, even a decade back. Uh, today, the kind of like today when you're talking even about AI, uh, I mean, companies don't even know whether they're talking about basic statistical machine learning or whether they're talking about deep learning. If you throw jargon at them and these guys get like rightly confused, hey, what, what exactly should I be adopting? And then suddenly in the same breath, we're talking about blockchain, we're talking about 5G, we're talking about a plethora of technologies. Uh, how exactly should, uh, what would be your advice uh, to CXOs? How should they be looking at these uh, uh, technologies versus the legitimate fact of ROI? I would, I would start with the business outcome first. You know, technology is, a, is an enabler for driving business growth. It's, it's a, it, it is driving growth, but you don't just pick up the next shiniest thing that comes your way and say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna see what it does to me. Yeah, you. Get, you can do that as a as a lab experiment, but you can't you can't do that in your running business. Right? So nobody will uh, tinker. So you need to be conscious about what am I trying to achieve? Where do I want to go? So you need the point A to point B strategy first defined. And that, that point A to point B strategy is defined. Then you need to say, OK, what are the things that I need to put in place to be able to help me drive that? There are some non-negotiables, right? You, moving to the cloud and creating that agility and flexibility is a non-negotiable. Creating a, um, a, from moving technology from a horizontal organization to a vertical construct where you're getting closer to the business and driving business outcomes by creating a DevOps agility mindset. Absolutely. But you don't, that doesn't mean that you just pick up every new shiny thing that's coming in and start embracing it because that might not lead you to the right outcome that you want. So you need to start with the business outcome first, create the structured approach, but move at pace. Um, and make sure that you execute. Uh, but there are some non-negotiables which which every organization need to consciously think about on what their strategy is going forward. If you're not thinking about some of those things, you're not going to be able to survive, to thrive in the next two or three years. So those are 
non-negotiables that you need to really think about and how do you embrace the power of cloud? Not just embracing cloud for the sake of cloud, but really creating the power of leveraging cloud to drive business uh, and, and drive go forward. The, the Moderna example is, is a great example that keeps coming back to me and saying, we would not have been able to do this eight years back. The, the fact that we were able to do this now is because of um, the changes in technology. I think also one of the associated uh, challenges with this uh, adoption of uh, newer technologies is that of integrating it with legacy equipment, uh, interoperability, creating standards. I mean, there's a plethora of other challenges. I think leaders have clearly mastered it as uh, going by your report. I guess that's one of the challenges probably where the laggards and the leapfroggers are yet to catch up. Uh, and as you said, they should not be putting the cart before the horse and probably looking at the business outcome, which is exactly uh, the way they should be doing it. You, you said it uh, sharper and better than I did. Oh, thank you very much. <laughs> uh, among the plethora of examples that you've already, uh, I liked also that you've also, uh, in the leaders category, you have given the example of Geo uh, from scalability point of view. I think that's, I, I would like to hear it from you. Uh, as well, to why did you? What they've done, right? They've leveraged the power of technology in a, in a significant way. Um, they've created a platform and an engine that is uh, really transforming the industry, not just in India, but it's becoming a model that's being embraced across the globe. And they've, they've used technology in a, in a significant way. And one of the things that when we did the research, let's look for leader examples across the globe. And one of these that jumped out was uh, what they have done. Uh, and they've got, a, they've got a plethora of ecosystem partners that they're leveraging and bringing the muscle of knowing the local market. And, and saying, okay, I'm going to execute at pace. So they, if you think about what they did, uh, they did everything that we said uh, should be done by leaders. Uh, identified what, what the business potential was, looked at what the enablers and drivers are for getting that business, in, and then they moved at speed and executed at scale. So um, it's a great example. And there are, it's, it's something that uh, jumped out. And there are a number of other examples of uh, leaders who did something similar across multiple different industries. So uh, just to uh, sum up kind of stuff, uh, uh, probably in your typical Accenture way, if you could just uh, tell us, uh, like uh, clearly you have spoken about those three strategies, re-platform, reframe, and reach. Uh, similarly, uh, if there are kind of uh, five things that today's CXOs need to keep in mind when they are adopting new technologies, I'm asking you particularly in the light of uh, when I, whenever I have a discussion with most of the uh, CXOs out here, uh, you find uh, typically a lot of jargon floating around, as you rightly said. Uh, Everybody is in a multi-cloud environment. Like the other day, I was asking one guy. I said, uh, uh, one of the vendors. I said, in a multi-cloud environment, for instance, who takes accountability? Who takes responsibility for their security uh, breaches? Because you find security breaches uh, galore. Uh, I'm sure your segments, your leaders in your segment, would have looked at all these things uh, very carefully. So, what are the kind of five clear uh, things uh, that uh, CXO should look out for? You know, I don't know about five, Leslie. I'll, I'll go back to my... Let's not go by a number. Let's. Uh, so I'll, I'll go back to my... Uh, first, you need a top-down intent. It needs to be... Technology needs to be at the C-suite agenda. It needs to be a top-down um, uh, strategic drive, which says that if I don't do this, 
I'm not going to be, I might be relevant in the next three months. I might be relevant, little less relevant in the three months after that. But in two years time, somebody else is going to come and disrupt. So what do I do to make sure that I'm not disrupted and it's it's at the heart of what I do. All the examples that we spoke about, they're not really uh, technology native companies. They're not digital native companies. They are traditional businesses that are transforming from within and and making a big impact, right? There are so many such examples you, now. You've given examples of Home Depot and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, there's, there's Home Depot, there's Geo. Uh, there are just so many of these now that are uh, really transforming from within. So you need a you need a uh, top-down intent where there is a recognition that technology is at the heart. Second, once you do that, you need to have a very honest assessment of what is my current as a state, and come up with uh, where, what my what my uh, target places. And you need to do a diagnostic. Um, in in typical Accenture style, we have a diagnostic asset that does a current state assessment. And as we do that, then we say, okay, here's really where you're sitting. Here's really where leaders are sitting. Now, this is the gap. You decide the pace at which you want to bridge it because bridge you must. Bridge you must. Otherwise, you're not going to be relevant. So the way to bridge that is the three steps that I spoke about. There is re-platform, there is reframe, and there is reach. And all of these are extremely critical because if you don't re-platform, you're not laying the foundation and changing the wiring of your business. If you don't reframe, then you are really spending a lot of investments without changing the mindset of how things should shift from keep the lights on, am I running 100 miles an hour on the treadmill and staying in the same place, or I'm moving forward uh, and, and changing the dynamics of what technology is doing. And third is reach. Carrying people with you and expanding the coverage of your entire organization is, is extremely critical. So reach of making sure that technology adoption is pervasive uh, is is uh, we are now doing something which is called technology quotient, and guess what? The technology quotient being opened up to clients is not in the technology side; it's in the business side. So we are working with the businesses to say how do we increase the technology quotient uh, and make it better. So reach, which means you're carrying the uh, organization with you as you go along this journey, is extremely critical. So all three steps. Uh, if I was sitting down and thinking about how I want to do this consciously. And I want to be part of that leaders category. That's the process that I would adopt. Now, there is also a big chunk um, which maybe um, uh, would be useful to talk about is: Do I need to make massive capital investments to do this? Where do I find the money? Given that business is in a different state right now, you know, uh, that's that's where self-funded compressed transformation comes in. I'm going back to that. The opportunity to do that by leveraging technology now because of the rapid changes is very high. So you don't need to make uh, massive $100 million transformations to get to the right results. But you do need to make a conscious effort to say, if I'm spending $100, how do I do what I'm doing to keep the lights on uh, at a much lower cost and plow it back as self-funded transformation in, in driving growth? So the funding element and the commercial construct is also critical. So Ravnath, uh, thank you again you know, for taking out time to explain to our viewers what exactly this means. And I would encourage uh, 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 viewers on the show uh, to look at this uh, report, uh, make uh, uh, the leap, uh, take the lead. 
by Accenture. It's uh, April 2021, the report that is freely available uh, for the download. Uh, and I also like the fact that uh, hopefully after reading that report, most companies will not only be able to increase their IQ, EQ, but also their TQ, <laughs> the, the technology quotient. Uh, so once again, thank you for your time um, and uh, wish you all the best. And thank you. Thank you, Leslie.